queen. After five years in hell, I have come home with only one goal. To save my city. Now others have joined my crusade. To them, I'm Oliver Queen. To the rest of Sterling City, I am someone else. I am something else. Hello and welcome to the eighth episode of Towelite Talk. I'm Chris. And this is Casey. And today we'll be talking about the season finale of Arrow Season 3. Uh, that just wrapped up uh, last week, it was? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was awesome. Um, especially after the, I don't know, it was kind of a, a slower season th- uh, this year, uh, especially compared to the first two. Uh, I know that Casey will definitely agree with me on that. But as usual, in Arrow fashion, it got super exciting towards the end and kicked a lot of ass. I agree. Um yeah, I mean, do you want to just share your thoughts on the season overall right now? Yeah, uh, let's start from the beginning. Um, we start with, you know, the the death of Sarah, which was a big theme uh, throughout. And it was really kind of, um, it affected how, you know, Katie Cassidy's Black Canary came about. Uh, it affected the whole thing with uh, Nisa, uh, Raza Ghoul, and basically um, as more and more people were added to Ali's roster of superheroes... Um, we saw kind of a change in how Oliver um, was perceived as the lone hero, and now he had a team around him. Which he obviously didn't really like until the end. <laughs> right, I mean, he he did start this as kind of his own um, mission. Um, he didn't want to put other people in risk, you know, at risk or in harm's way. Uh, and then, you know, by the end of the season, <laughs> he has even his own sister dressing up in the... Uh, in the speedy garb, so it's it's a uh, it's it was a lot of a lot of changes this year for all the characters, uh, and we'll get down to that in mass detail as uh, as this hour goes on. So let's just say this: um, what is your overall? If if uh, seasons one and two were like A's, or I don't know four out of five or five out of five, whatever yeah. you want to say, what would you put a number on this or a letter? I would give season three a. B minus. At first, you know, most of the season I was giving it a C plus, um, but you know, I think that things kind of came together well. Um, even the like the aspects of the show I didn't like, like Laurel all of a sudden being able to like go out in the street and fight. It was it was better because then she would get her ass kicked up, and then she would go to like train with Nisa. So it kind of made more sense because I was kind of it was kind of insulting to a character that I really really liked from the comics who kicks all sorts of ass, um, to be kind of, like, uh, played down in that fashion, especially when her, her sister was originally the, the canary on the show and, you know, was such a badass. Right. I would say B, B minus is a good, is a solid grade. I would agree. And it's just, I mean, the biggest thing for me is the flashbacks this season. That really brought it down. Like, I didn't like... 90% of them. And I didn't think that it had much to do with... um, Actually, I thought it had almost zero to do with Ollie growing at all. I felt like it didn't make his character go forward as much (laughs) as, obviously, in the first two seasons. Like, that's huge. Hey, I've never learned how to use a bow and arrow. I've never fought before. Those are two huge parts of his character that clearly are shown throughout you know his journey into becoming a superhero and in this season it was like i kind of know how to shoot a gun which he never uses 
and I still have that shitty wig on that's covered by a shitty hat. <laughs> and um, we know that this little kid, and spoilers throughout the whole thing. We already screwed up one thing about Speedy, but if you don't want to hear spoilers, turn off the podcast now. Don't really listen to podcasts if you don't want to hear spoilers most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. But, um, you know, we knew that uh, the kid is going to die. And it's like that. That's and like that seems to be the whole plot point for um, what's his name, Seo, uh, and I'm just gonna, I'm going to call her Katana. But they had a huge arc in character development, whereas Ali was off on the sidelines. And like that to me wasn't the show is called Arrow. It's not called Katana and Friends. So those those uh, those flashbacks to me is what brings it down. And the overall stealing of a Batman begins plot slash the Dark Knight rises when he goes off into the sunset, which I actually loved. I will, I love that ending because I thought it was a cool, like the, it the could Arrow, have been a series finale. Arrow ending, not, the Arrow ending, not, that not the Dark, Dark Knight trilogy rises. garbage, right? but just kind of how it emulated that ending of I'm done. <laughs> I give up. I'm going to go drink coffee in Paris. I'm going to go to Coast <laughs> City and hang out with Hal Jordan. Like, like <laughs> sure, buddy. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's funny because it's it was such the opposite ending that I really expected. It's always the opposite ending that you expect from any kind of show because normally they leave you with this huge cliffhanger. Yeah. And the cliffhanger they really leave you with was very anticlimactic because, you know, we'll talk about that in a little bit with Ray Palmer um, and Legends, but... You know, throughout the throughout the season, the whole you know, as as a character, I really liked Felicity for a while, um, and I do when she's you know written the right way or used the right way. But she was super annoying at the end, like those last few episodes, always like whining about Oliver, not trusting Oliver. It's like, well, let's go. If you truly, yeah, I mean, go through all the characters, then, yeah, this, this year. So I'm just gonna say, Felicity. if you truly trusted somebody and loved them. Then why aren't you, you know, why aren't you standing behind them and not, you know, not realizing the whole time that they're doing the right thing? Why would you even, you know, think that he would hook up with you? Like, like that whole scene where that like all the fans have been waiting for with the two of them, and then for her to turn around and be like, "What the fuck, Oliver?" You know, it, well, Oliver doesn't have a real good history with women. <laughs> One of them, he left dead on a, a boat, and then he came back and had sex with that she dead got, girl's sister. She got flushed out the boat. She was dead. Then he hooks unquote. up with a known <laughs> criminal like, who kills people. Like, I can understand that side of Felicity maybe not trusting the dude who slept with her in the Olicity moment, as the internet <laughs> called it. Hashtag Olicity. Um, but uh, I did think that she got super whiny towards the end and you know yeah like what did you think about dying and you were just gonna let yourself die to save the city and it's like he's a hero yeah he is going to do that like yeah you can get mad about the guy that you love like sacrificing himself but don't forget what you signed in on in season one like this dude in season one killed people so you don't think he can go and sacrifice himself to save others like don't be so stupid. That that was my whole thing. Exactly. And I also hated her relationship with Ray Palmer because you knew it was going nowhere. Oh. And I felt bad for the guy. 
you know, he doesn't have a girlfriend after his wife dies. He gets with this chick who's clearly not into him, and he he stalkingly pursues her, tells him tells her that he's stalking her, and then they decide to have a relationship. It's like the guy told you that he is stalking you. Like, where where did you think that this was going to end up? Wow. Oh, exactly. And I mean, I, and then when when. You know the Oliver. Or the, I'm sorry. The Arrow Cave gets invaded, and they get flushed out of that. Um, he even gives them a place to go and hide out. I mean, he's he, he's the nicest guy on the show. He obviously does not belong on this show. Let's uh, talk about him then. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What else? Um, I mean, it was it was neat to see that um, the transition of um, of Ray Palmer through the season. I really liked. At first, a lot of people were like, "Oh, it's an Iron Man ripoff." Duh, duh, duh. Um, and it was. It is. It is. I don't have anything against it, but it is. It works. <clears throat> um, and he brought this lighter side to the show. Um, but when he would show up in The Flash, you know, just like whenever Felicity shows up in The Flash, it just feels much more, you know, they're, like they're at home in, the, in that kind of show. So I'm excited to see Ray Palmer take, you know, more control of his own show in Legends, which we'll talk about in a little bit, um, and, you know, kind of be able to grow outside of the outside of arrow because arrow is such a, a darker world um which apparently it's not going to be for season four but we'll see <laughs> well yeah I, I think that was the thing is that there's there's too many characters on arrow um like they do a pretty good job with balancing it especially the female characters the guy characters <clears throat> they don't seem to know okay are we going to give Diggle an episode. Well, then we got to give Ray and or Roy an episode. And oh man, what about Paul Blackthorn? He's over there. He's a chief. Maybe he should get an episode. Like I feel like there's so many guy characters that they don't know how to balance it as well as they do with the females. And um, adding Ray in there oftentimes was like somebody sits on the sideline. If Ray gets focused in an episode, Roy's got to go by the sideline. Diggle most of the time was by the sideline. And I think I think Ray did an amazing job. Um, I think Brandon Roth is a really solid actor who doesn't get enough credit in his roles. And, yeah, he was in that shit Superman movie, but I don't think it was him. I, I was fine with him in it. Um, so, yeah, even though it's a bit of an Iron Man ripoff of the suit itself, we know now at the end of the episode it's going back to the classic, you know, thing that he does. You mean Ant-Man? Yeah. Uh, Marvel stealing uh, Adam from DC as they... As much as we're Marvel fans, uh, they do steal most of their characters from DC characters. So, yeah. Uh, you know, so, yeah, I guess you could say the next one it will be, in Legends, it will be Ant-Man and Iron Man ripoff. But uh, whatever. I think yeah. that Brandon Roth is a, is a good enough actor, and I like that character that he didn't seem to always fit in well in Arrow because of how many other guys there are. But I think that he'll do good, I mean, on Legends of Tomorrow. Um all right, so the other one, well, let's talk about let's talk about Roy. Yeah, let's let's talk about Roy. Um, I, you know, by the end of the season, like we mentioned, um, Roy, uh, Thea takes over the Roy's suit, uh, not as Arsenal, but as Speedy, which we, you know, from season one, she always had that nickname. It was always, you know, a play on the original sidekick for Green Arrow, which was Speedy, um, because later on, Speedy became Arsenal, and blah blah blah. But it was always kind of weird for her to be called that, and then all of a sudden, when Roy shows up in the show, he's Arsenal. Um, so that's a good payout. But the whole if thing you're, with 
comic fan. If you're a comic fan. <laughs> the normal CW watcher has no clue. No, they have no about. clue. And that's and that's fine too because this is the kind of stuff that, you know, teaches people about comic books. Um and, you know, kind of just opens that world up to new fans. Uh but Colton Haynes, terrible actor. Um I I really I really didn't dig him in that role. Uh and, you know, like you said, he was kind of just a a side character. Not, you know, we have a bunch of sidekicks on the show, and they're all kind of just pushed to the side in each in each storyline. So, um, this you know where they where they acted like they killed him off this season in the whole jail scene when he takes you know he t- he assumes the, um, the identity of the arrow in order to clear Ollie's name. Uh, it was it was a it was a nice act, um, and it was a great way to get him off the show because I guess maybe MTV pays him more money to go to Teen Wolf. Who knows what it is, but. It, it's a good departure because now we have Thea, a female superhero, um, taking that mantle. Because I kind of felt like she was becoming a side character for a while there, too. Um, but this puts her more in the spotlight. I um, I don't agree with that part, but I'll save it for our Thea discussion. Because mm-hmm. um, I actually think her arc was like one of the best in the entire show this season. It was, but it was all leading to this. Which was either like she wasn't gonna, she was just gonna continue to be Oliver's sister, have her problems with Malcolm Merlin, whatever, and then she becomes Speedy, which is a great payout. Yeah, I'm um, not saying it was a bad arc. I'm saying okay. that I could, if she didn't become Speedy, she's just that extra CW character on the show. That without Colton Haynes, what's the point? She has no relationship. She's just Oliver's sister. She could sleep with creepy DJs. Yeah, again, stab. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought, as far as uh, Colton Haynes goes, I mean, he's more of a Amber Crombie model. You know, he doesn't have many range of emotions. We didn't really learn anything more about his character other than he was upset about killing Sarah, which he didn't do. Oh, that I was cop. just like. Yeah, right. But I was like, get get over it. I mean, you didn't do it on Wait, purpose. Who? Roy? Right. Roy didn't kill Sarah. No, he didn't, but he thought maybe he could Oh, in his, in his rage yes. moment? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, But then it turned into his guilt about the cop. The whole right. Season. So I just, that stuff didn't, I didn't feel anything for his character. Yeah. So I didn't care. And, you know, I didn't mind him as Arsenal, but at the same time when, like, he left, I was like, okay, that's a really cool send-off. I'm not at all bothered. Now I can actually see more Diggle, who I do like. <laughs> and, uh, well, let's let's talk about Diggle. Because yeah, let's talk about Diggle. I mean, you have I a, felt bad for that guy this season. That That's the one relationship with Oliver that, you know, they played really well. It's like, he's supposed to be his best friend. He, in order to, like, convince the league that he's a bad guy, he, he, he kidnaps Diggle's wife. Um... And he does some messed up stuff. And so, I mean, that was really a good test of their friendship. But it was really the only highlight of Diggle this season. Yeah, even the the Suicide Squad episode, which was so well done last year. This year, I mean, it was a Deadshot episode. I mean, it was definitely an awesome episode. But it's because I learned more about Deadshot. And, like, that was cool. He, You know, he was a fan favorite. But they didn't give Diggle any time to shine which is what you really wanted. And, like, he had a few moments, I would say, more... He didn't really have as cool of action moments this season. He had more, like, acting moments this season as far as, like, emotions go. And, you know, like you said, developing that further friendship with Oliver. 
Um, he's a dad now, you know what I mean? So you can see some reason why he didn't have to go out into the field the whole time. But at the same time, it's like he's a soldier. He's on Team Arrow. He's been there since the beginning, before any of the other people. He's obviously a good, like, trusted friend. Um, I just want to see more, and I and I hope they really get to focus more on him uh, next year. Well, that's 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 kind of the rumor now is that he will put on a mask. He'll become with the Guardian. Who knows? Um, he's going to become some character. And like you, uh, like you and I have talked about, it's like the the use of flashbacks, like what should have been this season, um, more character-driven, individual character-driven flashbacks would have been nice. But um, with Diggle, I hope there's better things to come. I was really convinced they were going to kill him this season. Even that, even an episode where, like, Oliver has that um, hallucination and and you think that he kills him at the beginning of the episode is really kind of like, it makes your jaw drop and then you're like, you realize that it's not real. But that was well played as well. Um, so... It was it was a good test of their friendship, um, and it's still you know by the end of the season it's not it's not fixed fixed. No, it's so it's definitely not fixed. Um, do you think? I mean, now we're going into season four. It's been okay for these first three seasons. Why do you think they hammered home the point that he needs to wear a mask? I thought that was kind of weird, honestly. I was like, why? I mean, he hasn't had to do it at all. Nobody gives a shit it's a soldier <laughs> why now he has a family if they ever realized who i guess i don't know um he has a family protect he has a family protected by argus right it's true um i guess it's kind of like the idea that they keep saying well oliver's not gonna put on a green arrow costume next season which is not true he's not putting on the arrow costume the arrow Sorry. costume <laughs> i'm sure he'll come back as green arrow as right. he always reincarnates himself as each new character um I, I just think that um, that by pushing that, they're 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 telling you about a storyline that is going to come up um, that he will become a hero of his own instead of just John Diggle, you know, Arrow's bodyguard. Okay. I I mean that's that's what I can see. I mean, it's just it's a show full of masks, um, and they want to give him more of a spotlight, I guess, because, you know, as we are discussing right now, we really felt that he didn't have that much of a role. But it doesn't need, I guess I don't feel like he needed to be in a mask to do so. He doesn't, but it's a superhero show, so they're going to put him in a mask. (laughs) The, well, one other thing I was going to actually say is that, can we, I know, like, Batman is a superhero, and there's other people without powers who are superheroes, do we call these people superheroes? You've said it a bunch of times, but I mean, is that something you believe? I think superhero is such a generic term anyhow that it's just we use it instead of like vigilante or or just hero alone or I don't know what's the other terms they use for them. It's I don't know, vagrants. I mean, they're not really <laughs> vagrants. They don't, they live in a basement. <laughs> yeah. But they're, you know, a crusaders, you know, Whatever knights, <laughs> whatever you want to call them, they're they're you know superhero is that generic term that we use in the comic books because that's what they're about. It's about the superheroes, so it's not like, but superhero I guess also implies that they have powers. Yes. Um. So I mean, superhero to me, even though like I said, Batman doesn't have any powers, I would consider him a superhero because he is more than a vigilante. He is a myth. He is his legend. Yeah. I mean, he really is. Like, he is something 
he is the the Dark Knight of Gotham. The entire city, like Flash, and we'll we're, you'll hear our, in our Flash podcast, um, is a superhero. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he has superpowers. That's part of it, but. You can see they're really laying on the foundation of this guy is becoming a god mm-hmm. to the people of Central City. Whereas in Arrow, everybody is very much like in the shadows. Occasionally, the the hood, the Arrow, whatever he's going to be, is helping out the city. But most of the time, these guys aren't doing anything that any normal person hanging out with would know other than... Oh, you know, I guess, like, the Glades gets decimated and this Hood guy shows up. Oh, there's a nasty virus that goes and kills half our population. The Hood shows up. So I don't even, like, to use... I'll use the word hero because they're more than Mm -hmm. a regular person. But I would not use the word superhero because they are not... Like, DC is all about godlike people. People who are bigger than anyone else. And I wouldn't use that in this show. I wouldn't either, but to go back to what I said, it's a generic term that we can use, we use light, like loosely to describe anything that's comic book related, <clears throat> except maybe the Punisher, <laughs> who is clearly no. a murdering vigilante. But, yes. I mean, it's, yeah, no, I mean, you're right. But when I say superheroes, it's, it's because it's, it's the term that's always been used for these characters. So Just posing the question. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you completely. And it's a good one. <clears throat> I like... I do that. Yeah, vigilante, crusader, hero, no superpowers. And then the trainer ourselves not to say it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so the other person, or the next person, rather, uh, let's talk about Thea because uh, we talked about her a little bit. Yeah, I'm. Listen, I, I don't. I'm not saying that she didn't have a great, a great arc this season. I mean, it started off um, with you know with her supposedly killing Sarah. You learn that it's. You know, Malcolm Merlin's controlling her. Um, you know, she's been trying to have this great relationship with her dad. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> it's like, throws a big, co- you know, <laughs> kink into the works. So it's like, um, it. but then again, it gave John Barlman some really good time to shine during the season. So it was a good, uh, it was a good relationship um, that we saw grow between, you know, Thea and her brother, Thea and her father, um, and then just to kind of solve that mystery and then get that out of the way <clears throat> when she gets, she's used basically as, um, I guess that turning point where Oliver goes to the dark side and joins the league by, you know, here's my sister, save her. Um, and then she goes in the Lazarus pit. Um, that's the only thing I don't like is that they didn't really <clears throat> show any side effects of her going to the Lazarus pit. Um, I would like to see a little bit, maybe a hint of what was going to come the next season. I'm sure that'll be a major plot point, um, you know, because whenever you get resurrected by it, it, it makes you a little bit different. Or I, so I thought about that, and I would agree with you if she died. I think that Sarah in, in, as White Canary, who clearly dead, 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 gets come, comes back. How? Because I just, well, we, I gotta stop you right there because I've been trying, I'm looking this shit up and it's like every time you look at the Lazarus pit the person is not dead or so close to death that they can still come back, but you can't be dead and come back to life in Lazarus pit, which in Sarah's case, who knows what really happened? I don't know. Uh, we don't really know the, we don't really know the backstory to that yet, but they're not, you're not supposed to be dead. 
when you go into it because you can't come back to life from it. Okay, so even if you're on the edge of death, you're still going to get effed up from being in the Lazarus pit, you're saying. Okay, well, I mean, maybe, yeah. Maybe we'll see, like, a... I don't want it to be a rehash of Roy where Mm. she has, like, these rage moments where she, like, goes too far. I don't want to see that. I also know that even though Malcolm Merlin... I, he taught her how to do all this stuff. I don't remember him teaching her how to shoot an arrow. I'm sure there was. I'm sure there was something. I feel like he would, though. He is the dark archer. Exactly. So, it's anyways, I'll, I'll let that one slide. I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited about Thea because I, I actually think, um, what's her name? It's Willa Holland. Mm-hmm. Good actress. Yeah. Um, I thought she's good. I liked her overall storyline the entire season. I thought that she's a good dichotomy to. To what's his name? To Oliver, who like she doesn't lie. Unlike, him. oh, I <laughs> like, guess she's pretty truthful about everything. Like what's going on, and she's getting out everything that's on her chest. And I, I like that about her that she's very honest. I, I, I also like the fact that you know she when she found out Oliver was the arrow, um, it wasn't like this big. Like this big fry. It wasn't like no, it wasn't. She, was, she wasn't really like hating on him for a bunch of episodes. She kind of like was just like she accepted it, and she was like, you know what? I'm really proud of what you do, you know. So it, it, it was actually that that whole reveal I really liked. This that season. was one of the best because you would you like everybody else. I mean, uh, well, you know, Laurel, anyways. Like, which I think we should talk about her next. Who's just oh, like, so offended, and it's like, come on, you know what I mean? Like the dudes doing good (laughs) like you don't want to go and reveal your identity and get someone you know killed like like that's why these people wear masks um and you know we we actually have a pretty good uh podcast on those geeks you know about it where we ask do superheroes need secret identities you know what i mean and it's like in in some case like spider-man his whole family will die we've seen it in civil war they're going to get attacked if he takes off his mask um oliver i mean he's a public figure everyone in dc knows who oliver queen is so him coming out is a huge thing and he shouldn't you know what i mean he's not iron man so (laughs) exactly and i think and plus he's killed people and i think that's the bigger thing is like he shouldn't go out in the public right because he would clearly be arrested immediately Mm -hmm. um yeah definitely um, but yes, yeah, let's, let's talk about Laurel. I mean, that was, that was the, I guess the biggest transition of the character this season in a way. Um, well, she started off at the bottom, the bottom. Yeah. Like I hated her at the beginning of this season. I despised it. I despised everything about it. Let me just say this, like Keith Cassidy, um, attractive woman. Hmm. You got really too skinny this season. I understand. Last season. Was it last season? Last season. Oh, right, because she, she really was skinny. an alcoholic. Sorry. So She looked better this season. She like did she, look better this mm-hmm. season. Never mind. I'm glad that you put on some weight because you had to, to do the thing for, um, you know, for Black Canary. you you got to be muscular for that. I just, not anything to do with her as an actress because I actually think she is a good actress. Mm-hmm. And she had a lot of good scenes with her and Paul Blackthorne, you know, as her father. Um, a lot of good, like, the whole... Uh, message of like being an alcoholic, like don't go back on the wagon. Like that was very powerful. And I like that they threw in the like alcoholics anonymous thing at the end of the episode. I thought that was really good and smart and, and 
you know, they did a very well job of that. I just didn't like nothing against her. You know, I hated the black canary transition because it was way too fast. And it was, I almost felt it was also too fast that she got to join, um, team arrow on the flip side of it. Oliver was gone for a lot of this season. So they kind of needed the help. You know what I mean? But her transition to go into that character, I mean, she's not an assassin. Sarah was trained for five years on how to do the shit that she does. I'm sorry. No. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, you know, when you're saying like when Oliver was gone, that was the big, that was the big point. They were, they were down in numbers. Nobody wanted her on the team because they're like, you're going to get yourself killed. Even when Oliver came back, he's like, are you kidding me? You're not going out. And then eventually he gave into it because she proved herself to him somehow. This was before the, she started training with Nisa even. you know. So she's training with Wildcat. She's doing her Tai Bo. You know, it's like if I went out on the street and tried to fight somebody, I'm going to get my ass kicked. Because it's like, how, how can you go and do what Oliver does or what Sarah was doing, like you said, because they trained like hardcore uh, for this. And they had, they could go to that dark side. They knew that if they had to kill somebody, they would. Right. You know, so they could take that step. They, they were, they had no problem doing that. And I guess that, um, is a better selling point for me for a hero who can go out, not really a hero, but a vigilante who can go out there and risk it all. It seemed like she was just going out there angry, um, trying to, you know, put her sister's mask on, wear her sister's mantle. Um, and it just wasn't really doing it for me. You know, and I mean, I was glad that, you know, they actually did show her getting her ass kicked throughout the beginning of the season. And it was, you know, it was, it, it made more sense that way. Um, it did. And as the season went on, the transition made more sense. I still wasn't really fully behind it. But, um, you know, there's even that part where, you know, it was like the last couple episodes or uh, where Nisa sees her fight and she's like, yeah, that train's really paying off. So, I mean, if you're going to train with somebody, you might as well train with a League of Assassin. Well, which makes sense, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, did you think that Nissa and her were going to get together? No. I, <laughs> I I thought that would be, I thought, I you know, I was I thought like, that would have been really poor taste. I would thought that would have been oh, poor taste. Sister uh, died? All right. Another sister's there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, just like it would be too, it would be too easy of a plot a plot point like that would be, I think it would be just a waste of, of the characters. I heard other podcasts where female, um, from a female perspective, they wanted to see it. And I'm like, I just think it would be really bad. I mean, an Oliver move, sure. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like Nissa, I don't think she should just start like hooking up with another sister who, you know, I just think it's way too weird. It would be I'm way too weird to do it. It'd be way too weird, especially with, the fact that her whole campaign of of justice in this season was being pissed off at Malcolm Merlin for killing yeah. her, like <laughs> killing her sister. So it's like she's on this vengeance trip. Like it it pushes her almost too far in some points. You know that's actually it's actually a well played up uh, plot. But um, but talking about relationship, I mean you know you know in the comics we know that uh, um, Green Arrow and Black Canary are a huge item. Um, going as far as getting married, blah blah blah. Um, so that I think would it would just get in the way and be, uh, like you said, it's just a disservice to the characters and the plot this year. Right. So let's talk about um, let's. I, I want to talk about Oliver, and then I want to talk about the other ghouls. 
Um, but before we do that, let's uh, go to our commercials. There the bugger is. She's a big one, ain't she? Oi! Over 20 points of articulation, great sculpting, and look at the paint job on her. We've been looking all over for this one. Let's get them in our sights and end this hunt now. All right. All right. Steady. Steady now. Uh, got him! It's the pursuit of plastic. Listen to the podcast from the creators of Don'tForgetAtowl.com. Geek out about toy news, hunting, and histories on your favorite collectibles. imagination, you can travel into the mind of a crying clown, where words are a picture into the soul, and where feelings are conveyed not through words, but through stories. Explore the three topics everyone finds hard to understand, life, love, and death. When It Rains, by Robert Gutzmer. Get it on Amazon and BarnesandNobles.com. I'm Chris. And I'm Casey from Gourmet Scum Radio. We're two cousins talking about geeky pop culture stuff. You a fan of television, music, and movies of the 80s? <laughs> well, we are too. Do you like being transported to galaxies far, far away and the threat of troglodytes that go boom in the night? Well, we're going to geek out about it. Have you ever scared yourself listening to ska music while reading a comic book and sipping on a tasty Jones soda? Then this is the podcast for you! Gourmet Scum Radio is here to tickle your holes and make you believe in dynamite explosions right again. Make sure to check us out on Stitcher and iTunes. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter and check out our website at don'tforgetatowel.com. You won't regret it! All this top 40 music is so boring. Jeez, I sure wish I had something geeky to listen to. Well, I've got just the thing for you, stranger. Who are you and how did you get in my house? Don't even worry about that. If you're looking for the latest, greatest, and geekiest podcasts around, you should check out Those Geeks You Know. Those Geeks You Know? Wow! Three friends talking about comic books, movies, TV shows, all the things that I geek out about. But seriously, you gotta leave now. Be sure to check out Those Geeks You Know on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also like us on Facebook and Twitter and tell everybody that you know. You you gotta leave. I called the cops. All right. We're back to talk about everyone's favorite Oliver Queen. What did you think of him this season? Was he even on the show? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, He... I don't really know what to say about Oliver Queen. I mean, I really liked, um, I really liked his fake transition to trying to become Razagul. I thought that would be that was smart. Yeah, that was cool. I thought that would be kind of a cool thing if it was real. Um, we <laughs> all knew it wasn't real, uh, especially when that Flash episode happens and he shows up somehow. Um, he just takes his leave of absence and shows up in the Flash. I'll fight the Reverse Flash. Um, so, I mean. In the 
I just I just want him to become a Green Arrow. I, I guess I'm just waiting for this to happen. Um, we're watching this team team of superheroes or these vigilantes. As now we're going to call them. Um, you know, joining his crusade and um, his reaction to that this entire season. Uh, you know, I mean, he was of course gone. You know, we last time we talked about this, he had gotten stabbed. We were like, oh. Is Oliver Queen dead? Um, and then it goes from there. So um, it was an interesting journey for uh, everybody's favorite hero this season, I think. What would make him Green Arrow in your mind? Um, the lightness. He needs to kind of lighten up a little bit, which they keep saying for season four. Oliver is a jokester, <laughs> I would say, in the comics. In the comics, He's definitely yeah. more fun. <laughs> he definitely is. He's... Um, He's definitely a more, uh, you know, a funnier guy. And this, He's a lighthearted superhero. He is. And I guess that's one of the biggest arguments for this show, against the show, I'd say, um, from DC fans, that he's just this brooding Batman-esque hero, you know. And that's and that's what we keep, you know, referring back to this whole season, being very Batman Begins-esque or Dark Knight Trilogy-like. Um, that I think it's it. he really needs to take that step um, maybe after his long vacation with Felicity he'll lighten up a little bit yeah I hope so I mean I, I I hope so that he becomes Green Arrow the hero that we all want him to be I don't mind the the brooding um, you know one man army type of thing yeah. but at this point he can't it's, it's done you know what I mean he has to accept the fact that He's part of a team. Um, he should be a little bit more happy about that fact that he has people around him that want to help him on his crusade. Uh, I also think that, or I hope that, being that it is a CW show, that he doesn't like date Felicity for half the season and then like break up. Like I hope that he's in the relationship with her, and like that's what you have to deal with. I hope at least throughout the entire season that they're together because it's just going to annoy me if they get into like, oh, maybe I'm going to go back to Laurel or maybe some other random girl will show up. Like, I don't want to see that. I want to see him with Felicity dealing with her because she put like she does fight him a lot of things. And I think that's really good for him. Yeah, it's it's a good dynamic. Um, she 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 plays a good Oracle like character in the show. Um, her role is important. But I don't see her lasting for more than another season. I think she's going to die. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't think that. She'll die. Um, Who would take over as her? She's insanely important. I'm I'm going to say that they're, they're not going to really need the Team Arrow dichotomy anymore, I don't think. It's just, it's going to break up eventually because he is, he, he fights on his own. He fights with the sidekick in the comics, and I think they're going to move towards that even more. So you just think people are just going to keep getting killed until it's Arrow and one other person? No, I just think that they'll just expand out. Um, you'll see, you know, John Diggle will go do his own thing. Um, you know, I think this beginning of season four will give them a really good opportunity to establish that these characters can do their own thing without Oliver there. Uh, just like I guess they did in this season, more or less, but that was kind of them dealing with the absence of Oliver. So now they've dealt with that. Now they know what to do. So I think it's just going to be even more developed in season four where, you know, will, you know, he'll come back. 
Team Arrow will probably get together and then realize that, whatever, it doesn't really have to happen all the time. Um, something tragic is going to happen, and one of these main characters is going to have to die for this show to, you know, I think kind of continue on. I can, that's kind of my, that's my prediction. And I'm thinking it will be Felicity seeing that, um, Green Arrow and Black Canary are, are a huge item in the comics. I will, it'll be interesting. I mean, they, they do stray a little bit away from the comics as we know anyways. Uh, as we talked about, like, Walking Dead, like, Daryl doesn't exist, and he's a huge character that the fans would riot if he dies. <laughs> they do. I know I know what you're saying, but at the same time, you have to take a look at The Flash. And as much as they do divert from that, you know, the source material, they're, very, they're also very, um, you know, very loyal to it as well. And that's the more, out of the two, it's the more comic-accurate show. Yes. And I can see them doing that more with Arrow, especially if they make him Green Arrow, especially if they change the name of Starling City to Star City, as they've already alluded to with uh, Ray's plans as, as he... Though that plot easily got thrown out. Yeah, which was weird. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> Got thrown the fuck out. <laughs> that would have been cool. <laughs> uh, so, I'm going to help your city. You know what? I'm just going to work on this suit, and I'm actually not going to do anything else. I, I, I'm, I'm going to not even be there when you guys are at my tower hanging nope, out. Nope. You just use my lab. <laughs> I'll be doing something else. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I would rather see them go in that direction than continue this. I mean, we both like the drama of the show. We both like the CW aspects of the show. But I really think that it needs to go back to um, the lone wolf again. And I think that'll I think that'll come full circle back to that eventually where he's... Um, you know, just the green arrow. See, I'd rather see him grow in that relationship because I think that's one thing that he hasn't had to do yet. He's done the lone thing. He's tried to do the together thing and it, you know, he didn't do a good job of that. And I think that that's really going to help him is that he actually does use this family around him to make him better. I, I, I couldn't see no. John Diggle going off and like not working with speedy and stuff like that i don't think he's gonna go work in like the other side of the city as the guardian i think i mean maybe like what's gonna be curious is at the beginning of this next season like is he doing that since felicity's gone how are they like hacking into people's cell phones to like find people like you know what i mean because that's the huge part of how they do most of their detective work quote unquote there, there's a, there's ways to do it. You, you bring in a new hacker character. I mean, remember the um, when the new Fifty Two were launched, they had that one nerdy guy who was just randomly there uh, helping out. So I mean, there's always there's always people to fill in that position, I guess, and they could always like, do a job fair, you know, superhero job fair. But you know, I I just think that they will develop that Oliver uh, Elicity, whatever you want to call it, uh, relationship to the point. To where it... till she dies. Until we're really happy about it. <laughs> and then they're going to drop a big bomb on us and, and kill her off. And it's just the way the TV works, I think. it's That's that's, that's all I'm going to say on that. All right. Um, she's a character I wouldn't miss. Um, though I liked her <laughs> through the first few seasons, I think that she's run her course. And okay. now it's I would rather see development of John Diggle or Thea, you know, more and even more Laurel. Because you got to, you know, these... Laura's a huge character in, the, in the comics. And she's so. not going to die. No. Like, definitely not. She's, she's huge. Um, 
All right, well, let's talk a little bit about uh, the main antagonist. Um, well, we could talk a, <laughs> two seconds about Brick. Oh uh, yeah, that was that was fun. I liked I liked that um, gang warfare storyline. You know, though, was it was the same was thing weird. as when Deathstroke went and took, exactly. took over the city. Like, there's a lot of things from this season. It was like, oh, okay, remember when Deathstroke took over the city? Well, Brick's doing it. Remember when that virus got unleashed? Well, remember when the glades got destroyed? Like, it was yeah. so much like, okay. And the other huge thing, you mean, it's so much like a comic book. Well, no, though. It was just... No. Well, actually, this is what I was going to say, is that it got comic booky with the Mirakuru. And then this season, even though Oliver got stabbed and came back to life and Thea kind of came back to life, I, I didn't feel like it was as comic booky. I felt like they this season they were like, eh, let's just kind of retread some of the shit that we did before. That's a, And it's surprising, especially when, when you're doing such great things over in the flash. I, I just think they put a lot of work into that show this season and really wanted that to shine. Um, that arrow just was just going to take a back seat to it. Not that it was a bad season. It just wasn't as good as the first two, or maybe that's just a show, you know, hitting its low point and it'll come back stronger next season. But I think it will. Yeah, I think we, I think we're okay. I mean, still one of my favorite shows on television. Uh, Agreed. Yeah. Um, and still, the worst episode's better than most of Agents of Shield. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's a different podcast. Yeah. Um, so what about Roz, though? I mean, this goes back to our whole, why Why are we using all these Batman bad guys <clears throat> on this show? I mean, yes, Green Arrow doesn't have a very recognizable villains catalog. Um, I... I didn't mind the inclusion of Ra's al Ghul. I think it was cool because they've been building up with, you know, how Sarah was part of the League of Assassins. Nisa had been around. Malcolm right. Merlin was always truly part of the League of Assassins in the comics and plays a major role in this show. Maybe we should talk about Merlin, too. Yeah. we Let's let's lump these all together because I guess with Ra's, um, we don't have to go on too long about it. It was, it was a really, like, at first I didn't like the actor, um, Matt Nabel. Yeah. Um, he was, you know, at first he didn't seem as Razi as I wanted him to be. Uh, but as, I guess as, as the season went on, we got the Nanda Parbat and we watched Oliver take take the mantle as, you know, heir to the demon, that he actually did kind of, he did impress me a lot more as Razagul as I initially thought he was going to. Yeah, I thought he sucked. <laughs> then, yeah, he definitely did grow on me. Um <sighs> You know, he did... I don't think he's dead. You know what I mean? I think he's too big of a character. Yeah. You think he's... You think he is? No, no, no. I'm saying oh. I don't think he's dead no, either. I think he's too big of a character that he won't He won't die. Um, I mean, he has his own Lazarus pit. Right. You know? I think that he... He was Pits. fine. <laughs> I think it was too much like Batman, and I'm a huge Batman fan, and, you know, I hate that it's not Talia. You know what I mean? But I understand, like, I read about... Um, the producers, uh, and we're going to bring this up anyways, the producers go to DC and they say, who can you give us for this season? And the producers say, well, I know you use Harley in season two <laughs> and part of the Suicide Squad episode, but she's going to Suicide Squad, the movie, so you can't use her anymore. Um, 
I know, you know, they use Deathstroke and he's rumored to be in Suicide Squad, but we don't know. So, like, he's already there. Maybe that's why he didn't show up at all other than in actor form in season three of Arrow. Um, and I know, like, yeah, so they, they were allowed to use Roz because they also have to contest against the DC movies and they also have to contest against Gotham. So they're, right now, like, their pool of villains and everything is getting smaller other than Flash's huge rogues gallery. <laughs> I Yeah, and I think this is where, you know... It's either DC starting to stretch themselves a little too thin, or they need to start sharing characters and not even giving a fuck. Because it's—I like, think that's what they should. Because they don't stupid. seem to care about it. They don't seem to care about it cinematically versus TV wise. Right. Like, okay, if you're going to show me a katana on Arrow, and you're also going to show me on Suicide Squad, and you have a boomerang that we saw for two two episodes yeah. on Flash and Arrow, and you now are going to have him as one of the main people in Suicide Squad, it's like. Stop giving a fuck. Throw right. Scarecrow in there if you can. Sorry, uh, we actually had somebody come in from <laughs> Suicide Squad. <laughs> Who was that? Bronze Tiger? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, it's it's curious that um, that they don't they only want to share certain people, but some people are okay, like. You don't seem to have a good balance, DC, with who's going to be able to be used where. Uh, this is, I'm going to say, this is like, I guess my main point on this is like, just, you own all your characters, just let it be a fan service to put these characters in different roles. If it's too confusing for fans who, I don't even say fans, the general public, let, like, how are the general, like, just let the general public deal with it. You know, pay a service to your fans. Pay a service to the people who are going to get confused by not showing Captain Boomerang again when you clearly know he's part of the rogues gallery uh, for the Flash. Um, like he has to show up, like the Trickster. Like, will he show up again? I don't know. Probably because trickster we haven't. Probably will. probably will. But you know, they they have to form this like main group of rogues. But what are they going to do? They're going to just make their own. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, what's going to yes. happen when the Flash movie comes out? Are they not going to, you know, will they not have these Flash bad guys on the show? You know, it's just, will they cancel the Flash by the time the Flash TV show goes on? Because now they've announced that Ezra, Ezra Miller is Barry Allen. It's just, it's getting a little too confusing. Um, and um, they just either need to draw the line in the sand and say, yes, we're going to just, we'll just let it all go. Or don't even introduce these characters in the first place, it's, I don't know. They, I, it's, it's really frustrating. I mean, the, everybody who's doing things on the TV show, Andrew Kreisberg, Greg Berlanti, mm-hmm. you guys are doing fantastic jobs of these mm-hmm. shows. If you listen to this podcast, you're doing you the are. best job out of what DZ is doing. Right. Especially compared to that Gotham garbage that Fox has on TV. And, um, I don't watch Gotham. So I can yeah, say, you're lucky. but, I I think that there needs to be more direction as to like I understand if things are going to be separate that you can use a, a flash in the movie that's Barry Allen and you can use TV like I get the idea of multiverses and second earths and all that kind of stuff because you know I do read DC comics but it does get annoying that you hint at Harley and then you can't show her or like if you're not going to go and show Batman or Superman and I think that's perfectly fine both those actors 
are getting them on one episode blows your entire budget for the season. I get that. But it's like, at least have the decency to say there is a Gotham. There is a is a metropolis and that these people exist because we don't have to see them in that world, but to hint at them would be way better as a normal fan. And as a comic book fan that you could appease us without having to show those people. Right. And that's the one thing that agents of shield does right. Um, besides the fact that they don't go the opposite way where the movies pay homage to that show, at least the show does a good job introducing concepts and that exists in the Marvel it's universe. It's all connected. So I'm not, I'm not saying it's, I'm sorry, I used the word confusing, I meant frustrating. Yeah, so that would be the better word. Um, Alright, so we we like Roz, you know, pretty good, and they hinted at the next uh, big bad in next season, which is going to be Damien Dark. Did um, they? They did. How, how'd they do that? That's, they that's cool. They blatantly named him. Hmm. You don't remember this? I I remember how Oliver went to kill him, right? Yeah. He went to assassinate him and then the guy from who shows up on all those TV shows was there. But that was uh, but that was his, his That was like his butler right. or whatever, but like that guy so we know that Damien Dark is exists. Is yeah, exists and we know that Damien Dark is the one who foiled up Roz's plans for something. Mm-hmm. I think he was trying to be the next Al Ghul. Right, he was trying to be the next Al Ghul. So, we know that next season, Damien Dark is there. He's there, but so is Malcolm Merlin. We also know Malcolm, Malcolm Al Ghul is there. <laughs> um, we also know that Hive is going to be there. Yes. Um, Hive is basically... What would you compare it to? Um, They're like... I don't know. They're It's just evil... They're, they're a league of supervillains yeah. who team up and, you know, yeah. I guess they're more science-y based than anybody else. Uh, there's been different uh, reincarnations of them. The one I know the best was from playing the the online DC game where the, the Queen Bee was in charge of them um, with her mind control powers. Um, so it's kind of like this, it's a league of supervillains basically that, um, that I guess will unite superheroes to fight them. I think that um, that's actually a really cool concept. If we actually do see, because it's been one of the incarnations of it would have Deathstroke in it, uh, Talia, but Talia's our Nyssa in the show, Ravager, who's dead now, but who knows. Um, So to see these people come together form you know maybe captain boomerang you know because they're on the island maybe they'll break them out maybe get, maybe malcolm will form the team maybe damian dark has ties to them maybe he'll form the team i know damian dark does so that's, that's I, actually I would a imagine damian dark does uh, yeah, yeah that's 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 what we were talking about before um damian dark has some hive ties so yeah that that would make a lot of sense to me if they went in that direction captain boomerang if he doesn't show up on the rogues rogues gallery i'd be quite upset well, right now he's on an island in captivity, so exactly. it seems more likely that he'll be on Arrow than he would be on Flash at this point, because Flash is going full meta for the most part, and he's just a normal person. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, we don't obviously we don't know. So oh, they mentioned Boomerang in the Flash as being on, that's where we heard about him on the island was in the Flash episode. I believe. Yeah, so that's kind of saying hey, we can't show him, but he's there. 
<laughs> uh, some other, I just wanted to bring up a couple points. Um, we saw Komodo uh, for yeah two seconds in the, one of the first episodes this season. Can I say something about that? It's like, remember when they were like bringing in all these archery villains? It was like Cupid and Komodo and Merlin. It was just like this huge, like everybody had a bow and arrow, it seemed like. Yeah. Um, but Komodo was, I thought that was kind of a neat thing because he was such a new character that had just been brought in uh, through the... New 52. The New 52. And the, was it before Jeff Lemire wrote it? I think it was like, yeah, I think it was, yeah, whatever it was. It was the New 52. Um, recently created, brought in, and then what? Nothing. Didn't die. He didn't just die, disappeared. Right? Just kind of messed around with it. I, I thought it was Merlin on that motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, the costume was like the same outfit. Yeah. It was weird. Um, but anyways, I didn't get to see him uh, after that. Um I had some areas of contention that Argus was babysitting uh, Diggle's kid all the time. I know. It's like, who, you know, when, <laughs> a, when the two parents are out, who's watching that kid? Oh, <laughs> he's not left in the arrow cave with Felicity. No, horrible, horrible fathership there. Um, we got Mark Singer was the, um, I don't remember what his name was, but he was the general that Oliver ended up killing. Mark Singer is Beastmaster. From the '80s movies, if you've oh, seen that was Master. Yeah, yeah. They, I thought that was awesome. <laughs> that was a cool scene because that was like, well, that's that's going back to those flashbacks and like the only thing he claimed that he learned during these flashbacks was how to torture people and how to kill people. So, yeah, I mean, that was it for that, that season. It was just, it, uh, I mean, it was it was fine at the end when he was like shooting arrows into him and like Tatsu and, and Maseo walk in and she's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> And he's, like, got, like, ten arrows in him, and, like, Oliver's torturing him. And there's, like, all these, like, weapons around him. And he's, like, like getting really fucked up. And then Tatsu, I mean, uh, Maseo just goes and shoots him. <laughs> so, um, I... I was just glad that actor was there. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> that, was, that was kind of, like, like you said, with the flashbacks, it was, like, all the action happened in the last three episodes with that guy when he was involved. Yeah, um... We also, <laughs> oh, so what else we wanted to talk about was at the at the end of the season, we saw Atom destroy the top floor of Palmer Industries. Or yeah. Whatever. And we know he's not dead because the next week we see the trailer for Legends of Tomorrow, um, which I'm very excited that he's, he's coming back and he can finally do himself justice and turn into the Ant-Man. <laughs> but... <laughs> I thought that they kind of failed the, the, in the, the sense... Ant, the Ant-O-Man. The Ant-O-Man. Um, <laughs> they failed as far as the marketing scheme goes. Like, everyone watched that Legends of Tomorrow trailer. It was amazing. But why not show it after the end of that second-to-last episode of Arrow so that it makes more sense in the fact that Adam's not dead. He just shrank himself. Uh, I think they should have threw it there. They should throw it right at the end of the, the season finale. Because we still had one more week until the Flash season finale. Oh, yeah. That would have been a good time. Um, yeah. Because, you know, <clears throat> as we'll talk about in the Flash, we see those those flashes of 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 the future or whatever in the Speed Force. We see Hawkgirl, like, getting out of the car and looking at the end of the world or whatever is going on. So there's a lot of things that general viewers wouldn't really understand what was going on. But if you showed them that trailer on TV directly after Arrow, it would have... It could have made a lot more sense for them, you know, and just, you know, 
paid a better service than. But whatever. That trailer. The trailer is amazing. It's crazy. Every time I watch it, I get chills. Because it's like, it's the next step in the, in the series of superhero shows. Um, it just looks epic. So. Very excited. Yeah. Um, also, we know that we're getting Supergirl. Which you watched, right? I watched the leaked trailer for Supergirl. Um, the leaked, the leaked episode. The leaked episode, right? The leaked pilot, rather, um, for Supergirl. If you haven't watched it yet, you could find it pretty much everywhere. Um, it's you can tell that it's written by these guys. Um, you can't tell that it fits into their world at all. I'm not. I this I will not spoil what happens in it. And after Chris watches it, maybe we can talk about it a little bit more. He hasn't watched it yet, um, but they've already said that CBS is the uh, parent company to CW sister company. They are open to the idea of sharing that world together. I don't see how it will work unless it's a multiverse sort of situation, which you know we're kind of getting there. Um, but it doesn't. At this point in time, there's too many variables like, okay, she's existed. Somebody would have known. You know what I mean? Like Arrow or Flash would have known that she existed. And if she existed, she exists like 15 years um, after Superman, I think. Like he's there in that world. But like some, I can't remember, he's five years. But regardless, that he would have still been there as well. So like without saying Superman... In any, you know, sort of capacity, even the word metropolis, right now, it makes zero sense for Supergirl and Superman to exist in the world of Flash and Arrow. You also have to, you also have to look back at um, the early, earlier seasons of Arrow before even the Flash showed up when clearly Oliver Queen states that there, there's, well, they, so they made a joke about aliens and how aliens, you know, there's nothing, there's no, there's nothing that has there's no supernatural stuff. There's no anything on this earth besides what Oliver Queen is doing. And he seems to be the lone hero at the time. You know, at the time. Whether there's heroes before him. Well, vigilantes, there was. Right. There was Wildcat. Right. But there's no alien flying around in Metropolis. There's, I mean, there's maybe there's a Batman. There should be a Batman. Uh, but they're not saying it. So, like we said before... How DC needs to pay a little bit better service to their characters, when especially when they own their own all of their characters. They should at least pay something to their two biggest characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about it like on the Flash podcast. But it's like, why isn't um, Cyborg's dad like a Star Lab? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh. So, anyways. Um, so Supergirl right now is a unknown variable if it will ever interact with these guys. But um, let's talk about the, as we already kind of mentioned, the last shot we see Oliver going off into the sunset with Alicity and they're going to Coast City. And Coast City is the home place of who, Chris? Uh, it's Hell Jordan, which, you know, it's awesome because they, they actually did mention a uh, when they went to Ferris, Ferris Airfield, they because it was abandoned, they made that mention that uh, Ferris got shut down because they, they lost one of their test pilots, uh, which is clearly, you know, if you know DC, is Hell Jordan. Uh, so whether he's going he's gonna to show up um, down the road, who knows? It really depends on, like we said, what DC does with the movies, which I hope is Jon Stewart. But, um, and then they could do Hell Jordan if they wanted to. 
My prediction next season, we may not see Green Lantern, but I think that in the flashbacks, they will, they will be in Coast City, and we will meet Hal Jordan. And oh. Oliver will know Hal Jordan. They're best friends in the comics. That I, I really do think that, that we're going to. I think that... I don't know. I mean, it would be cool if DC had it in their head this whole time that what they were slowly doing is just, like, leaking little, you know, instances into their comic history and instances into their upcoming cinematic universe, and they had it in their head all along. I don't fully believe it from every... I mean, everything that you've read is that DC has no idea what their guiding force is and why they're doing the things. And even there was an interview and um, with the creator, like, uh, Phil Lord... Um, talking about the new Flash movie and saying that, like, it's going to be, like, kind of separate from the other movies. And it's like, well, it's, he's a major member of the Justice League. <laughs> like, no. That clearly proves that they have no idea what they're doing. Because from the get-go, they're like, this is going to be more serious comic book movies. We're not going to be like the Marvel films. And then I immediately thought, how would you do a Flash movie without comedy? How do you not make jokes? And well, then, those guys and then they hired, and then they hired yeah. those guys. So it's yeah. like, hello, um, why don't you guys all sit down, get your shit straight, and give us the DC United Universe that we deserve? Because you know you you miss out on the fact that there was one simple thing you could have done is that by taking you know you put the mask and katana on Arrow. You're showing us these Suicide Squad pictures with Katana. You have an actress who can play in both movies because she was in The Wolverine. Um, and she's been on TV now. That's a clear bridge that you could have made. But, you know, I'm not, you know. I mean, it's, it's like, I get it. If, if you separate this, the cinematic universe and say that it's a different multiverse, it's fine that these characters exist separate from their TV personalities. I, I am okay with that. I just think that... The TV should get a little bit more fan service that these other characters exist, whether they exist cinematically or not. And I also think that DC needs to... I mean, so Jon Favreau started off the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He was the director of Iron Man. He goes to Iron Man 2. And he's served as an executive producer on all of the films they're on. And Kevin Feige, obviously, is the driving force between Marvel Cinematically. It's like, get these... You know, get the director of Wonder Woman, get the direct, get Zack Snyder, get whoever's doing Aquaman and Green Lantern and these guys and get them all in a room and say, how do we make these people work together? Because the Avengers are doing very well in the sense that they have their own singular movies. And then when they come together, you know, I understand some of the people making their points about like, how do these people work as a team? You know what I mean? Outside of their separate movies. You don't really get to see that. I think DC could get an upper edge by showing that these people work together, you know, and they do it so well with the Flash and Arrow TV show. Just, you know, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman showing up in it, okay? Flash should also show up in that movie. Aquaman should also show up in that movie. And I heard that it's going to be Cyborg showing up and Aquaman showing up. But then in the Flash movie, yeah. get Hal Jordan in there. like yeah. Or Jon Stewart. Like, get... Green Lantern in that movie as them being friends, as if you know what I mean. Like build the relationships, that, build those relationships that these people know each other and have to work together outside of these separate movies. And this is this is the biggest problem with the Batman versus Superman movie is like you throw this tag on that it's clearly a fight between the two. And this is the biggest complaint from a lot of fans is that yeah they fought and they fought before, but 
you're not even building up the relationship of the two to, to get to that point, to where it would be, like, besides two guys fighting each other. It just, it's it's really frustrating to watch these movies develop and try to pay too much, you know, homage to, like, a Frank Miller story that was an Elseworlds tale in the first place. Um, I, I, it's just, it's really, it, it, it doesn't really give me a lot of confidence in what's coming from DC. And that's, I guess that's the bottom line. But TV wise, TV wise, we are, we are, we're, we're there. <laughs> and I just wish that, like we, we keep saying that they could just throw everything at us that they, that they can, you know, because it would just, it would just be that much better. All right. So anything else you want to say about this last season of Arrow? No. Okay. No, I'm I'm good on I'm good on that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh this is you know been our our Arrow talk. Um if you have any thoughts on what you have ideas of what's going to come next season or your overall thoughts, um, you can contact us at info at don't forget a towel.com. Um, visit don't forget a towel. Ah, don't forget a towel.com. Jeez. For all of our like news reviews, everything geekly is on there. Um, Chris, tell us about our other podcast. We got a great podcast network. Uh, we have those geeks, you know, uh, Casey and a couple of his buddies, Geek out about many things. Then um, also we have Gourmet Scum Radio uh, featuring Chris Seaver and Casey. Uh, they do a lot of 80s, 80s movies and pop culture goodness. Uh, we also have The Pursuit of Plastic uh, where Casey and I discuss the history of toys and toy hunting and all things uh, action figure and collectible related. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can interact with us also on social media. We have a Facebook page. Um, we don't have a Tall Lake Talk Facebook page. You can find us on our Don't Forget a Tall Facebook page. Um, we also have an Instagram for Don't Forget a Tall, where we put a lot of our kind of geekly pictures up on there. Um, you can add us on Dfat Towel on Twitter or personal uh, at Chaz Voltaire on Twitter. And um, yeah, so that's that's this episode of Arrow. Stay tuned for the. Flash episode coming out um, next week. And like I said, check out our old episodes and rate us on iTunes as well as uh, you can check us out on Stitcher as well. Awesome. All right. So this is Casey saying (laughs) you have failed this season. (laughs) And this is Chris. See you next week. 